Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and TuneIn. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks, formerly known as Front Porch Talks. I'm glad to have you with us today. I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. And I'm Grayson Willis. Thanks for joining us. And uh, today we're joined by Shannon Breeden. Shannon, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's so good to have you with us today, Shannon. So just a, a real easy question to start out with. What kind of ice cream do you like? That's a good question, actually. Um, I like all ice creams. The sweeter, the better. That's good. Yes. That's good. I just had a new favorite. Somewhere close to Mount Crawford, they have this wonderful ice cream, and it has black cherries and dark chocolate. Well, that's some good ice cream. Now, Grayson, we know, is only going to eat vanilla. Plain vanilla, yep. There's nothing wrong with plain vanilla. If you add something to it. (laughs) If you add something to it. Good point, good point. Well, it's good to have you with us today, Shannon. Um, Good to have you in the room. So maybe you can start out today just telling us a little bit about where you grew up, how you grew up. Well, I grew up in a little town that's probably approximately three to four miles from this location, um, a little town called Kieseltown. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No stoplights, no post office, no nothing, but a little school. Basically, I lived there for 25 years, and then I moved from there to Harrisonburg. Okay. So did you have siblings, or was you an only child? Um, I do actually have siblings. I have two older sisters and an older brother that unfortunately has passed away. Okay. I know that you, growing up, probably wasn't the easiest. I know a little bit of your story. If you want to share that with us, you can. You don't have to. I can tell you a little bit about my story as much as I can remember. So basically, um, when I was four years old, my mother passed away from cancer, breast cancer, and um, so I didn't really get to know her that well. Vaguely remember anything besides a couple of little vague memories. Basically, my dad worked five days a week, uh, tried to support me and my sister whom lived at the house where my father and mother, you know, raised us. And so basically, you know, He tried to raise us the best that he could, and um, basically at the age of 19, he passed away uh, from a brain tumor, and um, I've basically been on my own since then, and um, I don't have any type of contact with really my two older sisters and my other brother that had passed away a couple of years ago. Um, I don't really have little to no correspondence with them, unfortunately, so the people that's the most important in my life is the Lord my children, my church family, and my girlfriend. That's awesome. As you were growing up and went to school, I know that you don't have a lot of memories over that time. Is there anybody that sticks out in your mind that saw Shannon and spoke into his life in any way? As I was a kid or just in life in general? Well, as a kid, if you had somebody like that, a teacher or anything, I know that those were not easy years for you. Honestly, I can't, I, I can't really recall yeah. any one specific person that really stands out in my mind that, you know, up until recently. Yeah. Well, so I can only imagine 
you know, reeling from the loss. I can't imagine. I've not been through it. But reeling from the loss um, of a mom. And I'm thinking about your dad trying to raise some kids. And, you know, unfortunately, we're all broken, right? So we all bring our brokenness into the lives of the ones that we're around. And so that can be difficult sometimes. But then losing him, too, um, I could only imagine that that would throw you for a loop and maybe set you on a road that wasn't the easiest. Do you want to talk about that? I would like to talk about that. But first of all, I would like to actually fall back on something that you asked me just a moment ago. And somebody did stand out in my mind that actually helped change my life. And um, that was Billy Graham. Mm. Uh, Wow. uh. TV. Yeah. So basically how Billy Graham helped change my life, which he didn't do it then. It took 20-some years later, maybe even a little bit longer, was because... After my dad would get home from work, um, and I don't recollect what days of the week that Billy Graham came on TV in the evening times. I believe it was maybe a Monday evening or something. But anyway, my dad would sit there after work, after watching the news, and watch Billy Graham when he would come on TV. He would occasionally tell me that I needed to sit here with him and watch what this man had to say. At that point in that time of my life, I felt like that wasn't something I needed, nor did I desire or I wanted to do. So at that point, it was just something that just kind of was here, there, and gone. And then 20-some years to 30-some years later, something then touched me. And I listened to a Billy Graham sermon on YouTube, and it changed. It started to change my life more than it already had changed. And then it made me remember what my father had said about that maybe I should sit there and um, and listen to what that man had to say. And now it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Your dad was doing the best he could. And um, he was leading you to Christ the only way he knew. That's I, pretty powerful. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. That's a powerful thing to... Um, I hope that's, that's a precious memory that you can take away from today, those pieces coming together. And uh, Another thing that sticks out to me, even though you said at the time as a kid watching it, you didn't really desire that, you remembered it years later, it came back. The memories of those, that foundation came back to you. And so I think that's a great encouragement. Uh, I think about the scripture verse that says, raise a child up in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. So in some ways, that might not be a, a direct correlation, but in some ways, you know, as a kid, you were, you did hear Billy Graham preach, and you remember hearing that, and it stuck out to you many years later. So that's great. Thank you for sharing that, Shannon. Any other memories? Um, now, maybe this didn't happen until your adult years, but any memories of church or feeling God's presence in your life as a kid, especially some of the difficulties you went through with losing your mom or losing your dad at 19 or any other things you know in your growing up years that um, you remember maybe feeling God's presence in all honesty I don't know that I ever really felt God's presence because my father never went to church he never had a bible he never you know listened to the gospel he never did anything besides you know watching Billy Graham I don't really know what his beliefs ever was because that was just something he never talked about he never discussed And the only thing I can ever recollect that I don't know if it's just a figment of my imagination that I was a part of this and witnessed this or if this really actually occurred because of just me being so young when, in fact, this did happen. But 
my aunt, which was my mother's sister, was uh, really, you know, into the gospel and into, you know, the church and so on and so forth. And I actually have, I think, uh, an uncle that is actually a pastor of a church still to this day. I don't, I've only maybe met him once or twice, so I don't know exactly where he's located at. But um, I remember one time going to a baptism in a river, I think somewhere in Broadway. And I just remember that I don't even recollect exactly who it was that was being baptized at that particular time, at that instance. So I remember that. And then one time I remember going to a tent revival. And I believe that was also in Broadway as far as when and where. I, once again, I don't know. But these things are just the small little you know, things that stand out in my mind. There just wasn't a lot of talk of religion. Yeah. So what did your life look like as a young teenage boy? A disaster. I can identify with that. A disaster. There was really, there was so much, um, there was so much just trauma and mental abuse and uh, neglect. I pretty much could do anything that I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it, and I did. I didn't really have no guidance. My father didn't really have too much control over what it is that I did. He might have from time to time, you know, wanted to, but I was so rebellious that I just did pretty much whatever I felt like doing, and he didn't have little to no control over me. So I made a lot of bad decisions. I hurt a lot of people, and I've done a lot of bad things. And uh, all these years later, I truly asked the Lord on many occasions to please forgive me for all the sins I've done, any sins that has went through my mind, any people that I've hurt in this life. So and he is faithful to forgive you of all uh-huh. of that. Shannon Breeden, washed whiter than snow pretty powerful something we can't do for ourselves right amen no there's no doubt now that i'm in this walk in my life like i am walking with the lord being blessed with the people that's in this room and the people that's in this building that i've come to know and then a significant other that's changed my life dramatically there's no doubt that there's not women in any day and every breath that i take that goes through my body that i wouldn't be able to do this without the lord it's no doubt in my mind. I don't even have to question it. So what did your journey to Christ look like? From that life of rebellion and having to pay for the consequences of that rebellion, what did it look like coming out of that? And, like, where did Christ show up in your life? Like, how did you end up here? I think I just got to the point in my life where I had been through so much trauma and seen so many bad things and been a part of so many bad things and just had such negative thinking for so many years that I realized that that wasn't working. Alcoholism wasn't working. Drug abuse wasn't working. Any type of self-medication that I was doing wasn't working. And that the only way that I hadn't tried was with the Lord and to try to a 360-degree change in my life. And... I don't know how many years it's been. I can't remember a lot of things that's transpired in my life. I'm not one of those people that can remember dates and times and and all this and all that. And I don't know if it's because of everything that I've been through, all the things that I've ingested into my body that's that's damaged my mind or or what exactly. But it's been an interesting journey. I've got 
a long ways to go, and I won't fulfill the journey until I take my last breath. So I think from our conversations, one thing that um, maybe has been a challenge for you, like the thinking, you know, our thinking can take us on a wild ride, can't it? Yes, it can. Um, And that brings anxiety, and um, depression can bring all kinds of things um, into your life. And so um, I've, I've witnessed, I've been watching this journey, um, I've, ha- I've been blessed to have a, a seat and just to see uh, Shannon just making great strides. You've been making great strides in your journey. Um, you're leaning in. And so what does it look like to begin? And you might have just stories that you can tell about coming from a place of that negative thinking, the anxiety, which... It's something that don't always just go away, but God helps us to deal with it. You know, the scripture, there's 365 references in scripture about fear. And so, you know, I think God is pretty much saying, I'm here every day of the year for you. What does that, what does that journey look like? Beginning to build a foundation of trust, which was something that, as we listened, you didn't have that. You didn't, your life wasn't built on trust. And so now, understanding that you have Heavenly Father that you can trust. How's that changed your life? It's changed my life dramatically. And as you said, I was, you know, it's always been hard for me to trust people. Most of the people that I've trusted in my life has used me, abused me, or, you know, just manipulated me in some way to get whatever they wanted out of me and then kind of dispose of me. And with that also being said, I've did a lot of things that was distrustworthy. Mm-hmm. So was my trust issues... Is it a combination of what people has done to me as equally as what I've done to others? And that's why it took me so long to start trusting anyone, which I'm still a very untrustworthy person, except with a few. And, you know, when you give your life to the Lord and you start walking with the Lord, it's not only your trust that changes, it's your thinking that changes, it's your anxiety that changes, it's your depression that changes. It's your way of thinking and just every daily in your walks of daily life, it just everything changes. I know that it's, you know, life is not, you know, life is full of bumps in the road and then you hit smooth pavement. But what you have to realize is that the Lord is with you on the smooth path and the rocky road. Amen. Mm-hmm. Through the valleys and on the mountaintops. Right. Exactly. Shannon, as you were talking and you were talking about, you know, all the things that you previously tried to fill your life with, whether it be drugs or alcohol and none of that filled, but that was because that was a God void and only God could fill that void in your life and only he could bring healing in the areas that you needed healing. So just you talked about um, some of the things that how it's affected your life, how it's changed your life, just advice to anybody listening that might have some of those same struggles and they're trying to get their life maybe on track and just don't know how um just any advice any you know things that helped you you know get right with god or start to seek him in those areas of emptiness the first thing i would like to say about that would be separate yourself as much as you can from the negative people and the negative things the second of all, come to the Church of the Nazarene because By it's the church, right? because it's it's 
one of the most wonderful places that I've ever been blessed with in my 47 years on this earth. And the thing that makes it even more, that makes it like that is because of the people that's in here, because they truly care for you. They care for your well-being. They care for you from head to toe. There is hope. There is hope to get off drugs. There is hope to cleanse your mind, to cleanse your body of sins and to just change your mindset. There is, there's hope for everyone. If there's hope for me and lots of other people that I know that is here in this church, there's hope for anyone. I hope that this message does help someone. I hope it helps a hundred people. If I could personally speak to any one individual person that hears this, that I thought I could you know, say something to them privately, I would be more than happy to do that because I feel like that's one of the things that I want to do for the rest of my days is to help as many people come to the Lord as what I can. Amen. And it really means a lot to me to be able to, to be able to want to do that. And that's the beautiful piece of becoming a believer is it's not just becoming a believer so that we get blessed and we can go to heaven. But God has this abundant life even in the midst of just because we become a Christian, it doesn't mean everything becomes rosy and that everything works out just like we want, but it means that we have a Heavenly Father that loves us. Uh, we are in community of, you know, a family. Our family begins to look different, don't it? Yes. Because we are brothers and sisters in Christ, and we have things in common, hurts and, you know, joys in common and so to come to that point where you know I can identify with living um, for years with no hope you know and thinking that there was no hope for me and then realizing Christ uh, what he did when dying on the cross that that was enough to cover all my sin which was abundant and so when we come to realize that and embrace the beautiful of the free gift of salvation, and then we continue to walk that walk and we realize that it's not just salvation, but um, in surrender to God, he gives us his mind. And, you know, I was thinking about that as I was listening to you a little bit ago, thinking about the negative thinking, which has been a plague of mine, you know, over the years, but having receive the mind of Christ like he gives us new thoughts and new ways to look at life and he gives us power to live out the journey here on earth and that is something I know you and I've had that conversation too about living in our own strength and we've talked about you just recently we talked about how in our own strength the anxiety can be overwhelming but when we live with the power of God, the Holy Spirit living in us gives us this power to live above that. And the difference that makes, it's crazy. It's good. You're exactly right. We did have that discussion. And earlier today, I had a little incident that previously, months ago, years ago, I would have reacted in a whole different form and fashion. But what happened earlier today, I just knew that God had it in, in his hands. I knew that I would get through it, and I got through it, and everything's fine. And you didn't waste all the whole bunch of energy, did you? No. <laughs> I got you all cold, I I collected. I didn't have to waste any energy. I just knew that he had it in, you know, just like us, in the palm of his hands. 
So it changes the just, you know, the way you, you act or react to situations, you know, whether it be with what I was dealing with earlier or just any situation in your life. I know now that there is no other way to go through life unless you put the Lord first, mm-hmm. that there's no other way. And I've still got a long ways to go, and I've still got a lot to learn, and I've still got a lot to do. So as far as I've come, I've got a lot further to go, but at least I'm making steps. Yeah. You know, someone once said, I might not be where I want to be, but I'm certainly not where I used to be. And I think that's true in your life. I see that. And um, I remember not too awful long ago, we were having a conversation about, you know, in this journey, wanting to, to do things and being frustrated when you mess up. And I told you a story about my granddaughter who's, you know, six, seven months old now. And um, she would, four months, she'd get up on her knees and she would rock back and forth and she would try to go forward and she just couldn't. She started going backwards and she'd get so frustrated. But the thing that really impressed me was that her mom sat on the floor beside her and was never upset with her, but said, good try, good job, you're doing good. Because it's, it's in the journey, it's in that relationship that we build while we are learning and we have such a patient father he knows our heart he knows we want to make right decisions and he is right there saying the same things to us and sometimes it takes a little while to learn to crawl and uh, boy let me tell you she's learned to crawl now Um, she can move but it was the beauty of watching her mother just encourage her in the journey and i think that's what god does for us Um, We feel like we're failing. We get frustrated, and we beat the floor, and we cry, and he's going, you're trying. Good job, you know? And we'll not arrive until we reach heaven. It's just about continuing to lean in and trusting Jesus and trusting the Holy Spirit to guide us and to to fill us with what we need for the journey. Shannon, you mentioned uh, that some of your closest family has been your church family and Things like that. So I'm thinking, yeah, certainly family's not just blood kin. And uh, I know one of probably some of that family is uh, you're involved in uh, Celebrate Recovery here at the church. And so if you just want to talk about the impact that ministry's had on you or maybe some of the opportunities you've had uh, to uh, witness to others also in that ministry. Well, what I would like to say about that is, I guess, I don't know if this really necessarily relates to Celebrate Recovery, but I know that since I've, my walk has become a lot more than what it was, I find myself preaching the gospel to people the best that I can. I don't, I'm not really fluent in Scripture, and I'm not really fluent and you know knowledgeable in the Bible or the Word as much as I like to be or I will be hopefully one day. But I like preaching to people and trying to help people and trying to lean people in this direction as opposed to the other direction or just words of kindness and celebrate recovery. You know, it's basically full of people that's got hurts and hangups and recovering from, you know, things such as myself, uh, drug addiction, alcoholism, abuse, mentally, physically, so on and so forth. And um, so when you compare notes and hear other people's stories, that's somewhat similar to yours and see how they have also, overcome this and overcome that and strived to go forwards as opposed to backwards, sort of like a baby crawling mm-hmm. forwards instead of backwards. 
you know, it's an inspiration that you're not alone also, you know, and, um, you know, and then again, I'll fall back on saying what I said before, you know, I'm also going to try to lead my own group uh, one day. So, you know, there's just so many things out there that you can open yourself up to, to be able to help people. And I think if you're fortunate enough to be able to do such a thing, I think you should try to do it because we all need help. We're all broken. We're all broken. Celebrate Recovery is a place for everyone. It doesn't matter what your hurt is, what your hang-up is. Um, it's a place to belong, and it really is family. I don't have to be here every Monday night, but I don't want to miss, you know. It's a good place. And one thing I, I do want to say, Shannon, it's just something that I've observed, and I've never said this to you. It's a good thing. I see how you love your kids. You're a good dad, and you are making a difference, and you are leading into those kids. And I see you going on hikes and river floats, and you're out there with your kids, and you are leaning into them. And it helps me when I hear your story to understand why you're doing that. And you're not a perfect dad. I'm not a perfect mom. There's no perfect parents. But I do see you leaning in and spending time with your kids. It blesses my heart. You're a greeter here on Sunday morning. And you do an amazing job. God has gifted you with such a gregarious, outgoing personality. And your daughter is standing right there beside you, serving with you. And I'll look over some Sunday morning. She has her arm. She's behind you. She'll have her arms all the way around you. And she just stand there hugging her dad. Yes, it's a blessing to have her here with me when I am blessed with her. I'm separated from their mother, so I'm only blessed with her and my son every other weekend. And uh, my son's a little bit older, so... He only really wants to spend, you know, Saturdays with dad. Um, So I want them to be able to experience things that I was never able to experience. I just want them to be able to have experiences. I want them to be able to remember things. I take lots of pictures and lots of video, and I've got, you know, hundreds of hours of video footage, and I've got thousands of pictures, and I've got pictures all over the house and stuff of times that we've went here and times that we went there, and we have a boat, we have a camper, we have kayaks, we have bikes, we have four-wheelers, we have all these things because I want them to be able to, you know, get out a little bit and have fun in life before life gets to be so serious that you don't really have so much time to be able to do things like that. And then on Sundays when my when I am blessed with my daughter and she is here with me, I, it really it helps also because I know that she's in the house of the Lord and I know that she's safe and I know that she's being fed the same message that I'm being fed and that everything that I tell her and also tell my son, you know, when she's hearing it firsthand here, you know, it's just not hearsay of what she, you know, and with that also being said, when she's not with me on the weekends, um, she watches, you know, Facebook live Sunday morning services. So she's starting in, in the right direction. And my son is starting to realize it too, because there's lots of things in the last couple of weeks that has happened or he's seen or he's heard that says there's no other way that this has happened or been said or been done unless the Lord had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just thinking about that. Um, they've seen you probably at your worst, right? My, my son has seen me at my worst. My and, daughter has never seen me. And, but. and that's okay. So for him to witness the change in your life, is undeniable. The greatest gift that um, you could give him is for him to see the change 
in your life. And, you know, a lot of times when we come to Christ or we're trying to do better, and I've found myself doing this before in, in years past when I had accepted Christ and I wanted to tell everybody how different I was. And they really don't care to hear you tell them how different you are. They care to see how different you are. That's what preaches when they see the difference. And I think I would just say to anyone listening right now, if you have a relationship with a child or a parent or, you know, believe that it can be uh, redeemed, um, lean into that. Don't lean back, but lean into God. And he can do things we've never thought or dreamed of. Ephesians 3 um, tells us that God has things planned for us that we've never even thought of or imagined it. Um, I think a lot of that, um, I've experienced it in my life, um, how he can heal relationships, and it is the reality of, of the gospel. He does change lives. Shannon, thank you for joining us today. And anything else in closing that you would like to share that you haven't shared already? As I said before, anyone that hears this, I hope that my little bit of my testimony helps you, changes you, leads you to Christ, tells you that if you are hurting or you're stuck in a certain situation or whatever, that it can change if, if you give it to the Almighty Lord. I'm a believer, and I know that there's no other reason that I'm here doing what I'm doing now, sitting in this chair, in this room with these people, unless the Lord has a reason for me to be here and doing this. So I hope that it helps someone. I hope that it helps many of people. And I just thank you for the opportunity to be able to do such a thing, truly. Thank you for joining us today, Shannon. It's been great to have you. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that it's been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.